Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So David listens to God. And David chooses a city that he believes, and God has given him the instruction, that's going to please the north and the south. Now, normally we say this, you can't please everybody, and that's pretty much true, always. But in this particular case, God's choice was perfectly wise. So God gave David wisdom, and he chooses the Jebusite city of Jerusalem on the border of Saul's tribes and on the border of Judah, David's tribe. David was kind of in a pickle in his attempt to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. He needed to establish a capital city, but because of Joab's murder of Abner, the northern tribe's military leader, David needed to show that he wanted to be the king of all Israelis. Fortunately for him, God had the answer, Jerusalem. It was situated properly and was a good city to be safe in. Pastor Mark will be teaching that as David continued to follow God's lead and do things his way, God continued to give David success. God wants to do the same for you. What it requires is for you to seek his advice and then follow it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Samuel chapter 5 as he continues his study of the life of David. Raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. If you're brand new and are clueless as to where to turn, we'll help you. So don't, don't worry about that at all. We'd love to have you. And you don't want to be sitting here looking at me for an hour. You want to look at your Bible. So we're going to be in a number of places tonight. We'll help you through that. And you can turn in your Bibles, Old Testament, if you will, to 2 Samuel chapter 5. Now we're going to go back 3,000 years, and we're going to see the start of a city that has great relevance to us. As we look at the Bible, and we look at end times, how this world is going to end, the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming the new heavens and the new earth. As we do all of those things, as we go through the scripture, we always have in mind three things. One, the nation of Israel. Two, the city of Jerusalem. And three, the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount. So if you would pick one city that you should keep your eye on around the world... We would think, well, maybe New York or London or Los Angeles or someplace Beijing or Shanghai. Great cities, great things to keep your eye on. But there's a city we're going to see that's actually discovered in a way by David. It's the city of Jerusalem. And 
when we see that city in the news, which we do all the time, it should uh, pique your curiosity as to what's happening. You see, the debate over the sovereignty of Jerusalem is thousands of years old. And tonight we're going to see that David has to take the city. It's still a hot spot today, and it will be until Jesus comes back. Ever since King David made Jerusalem the capital of Israel 3,000 years ago, the city has been playing a prime interest in all the world, obviously, especially for the Jewish people. Now, Jerusalem is looked upon by most people, interestingly enough, as a, quote, holy city. It is a religious center, been for centuries, and as you know, three groups of people call it the holy city, the Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims. They all want a part of it or want to claim it's their city. Now, recent history reminds us that Israel took control of the eastern part of that city back in the 1967 war. And over the next 30 years, we've seen all kinds of peace progress negotiations, which always have a role in that city, certainly the boundary of Israel, but much more than that, just that city. And today it is a hot topic. How do you divide it? How can you do this and still maintain peace? I just found some interesting statistics, so you'll have a picture of what's taking place here. The population of Jerusalem today. Here's numbers. Almost 500,000 residents, 64% are Jews. This is compared to data in 1967 where Jews were 74%. So in the last 44 years, what's happened? The Muslims, the Arabs, have doubled their population growth. And pretty soon, if this trend continues, and I don't think we're going to be here to 2035, but they're not spiritual. They just forecast it out. By the year 2035, the city of Jerusalem will be 50% Jewish and 50% Muslim. Very different than it was. Well, as you've turned to Second Samuel tonight, let me just bring you up to speed. Chapter 5. We saw that God had united Israel. Finally, the 12 tribes of Israel were together. Saul is dead. David has been ruling in Hebron. But God now is bringing them together. Let's just review quickly. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. Now all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. Now when all the elders of Israel had come to the king David at Hebron, the king made a compact with them, at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed him king over Israel. Now remember, we see some wise things. Of course, David now is often consulting God, which is where wisdom really comes from. He has a group of people from the north and from the south. And he needs to find a city, a capital, a place 
where he can unite the whole nation. So David currently is at Hebron. It's in the south of Israel. It's a little too far south because the other 11 tribes, most of them were in the north. So how is he going to do that? So David didn't want to choose that city in the south, but neither did he want to pick a city, Dan or whatever, way up in the north, because that's too far in the north. So David listens to God, and David chooses a city that he believes, and God has given him the instruction, that's going to please the north and the south. Now, normally we say this, you can't please everybody, and that's pretty much true, always. But in this particular case, God's choice was perfectly wise. So God gave David wisdom, and he chooses the Jebusite city of Jerusalem on the border of Saul's tribes and on the border of Judah, David's tribe. So this was God's choice all along. Now, remember something. We're going to study a lot. You're going to wonder, like, this is a geography lesson. Well, it really isn't geography, but you need to understand the importance of the city of Jerusalem. Because, by the way, one day, Jesus is returning there. And he's going to set up his kingdom there. So you shouldn't go, like, where? You need to know where so you're not embarrassed when he comes back and says, Jerusalem. (laughs) So, where was David born? Bethlehem. Just a few miles, he could see this city. Of course, up to this time, you're going to see in a moment, the enemy ruled the city. It wasn't part of Israel. They were never able to rule it. So David knows about the city, probably been through there around the hills many, many times. But it wasn't David's choice. It was God's choice. Remember, you're going to see that. Let me read to you Psalm 78, verse 68 and 69. But he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved, speaking of God, and he built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth that he established forever. So Jerusalem had never really belonged to any of the tribes. So nobody could accuse David of playing favorites in picking this new capital city because he didn't. God picked it. But there was a huge problem because the city wasn't available to walk in and take. It was controlled by the Jebusites. So this city of Jerusalem, even back then, had a history of conflicts. Now, the first time we hear in the Bible anywhere about the city of Jerusalem is many years before that. It's in Genesis fourteen eighteen. Let me read it to you. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. So that king, Melchizedek, was the king of Salem. That is the city of Jerusalem, the king of peace. Abraham was involved with this city. The the mount, Mount Moriah, was located at Jerusalem. We know that from Genesis 22. And when Israel was ready to cross over into the Promised Land, when Joshua took them in, That city at that time was run by the Jebusites, an enemy tribe inhabited by the Canaanites. Now, why, when when the Israelites were supposed to go in and take these cities, what happened? Why was it still, after all these years, controlled by the enemy nations there in the promised land? Well, let me give you a couple scriptures Now, remember, when Joshua took the tribes in there, the command was to take all the land. But here we see that twice 
They tried to, but they failed. They failed. Here it is in Joshua 15, 63. Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the people of Judah. So side by side, not really a pleasant thing because it's the enemy and God's people. Judah just failed. Later, Judges chapter 1, the Benjamites, however, failed to dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. And to this day, the Jebusites live there with the Benjamites. So this was a very difficult city, but you're going to see today, finally, for the very first time, David is going to take control of that city, turn it over, and it's going to become the city of God. The city of God. Now, I want you to keep your finger right there. We'll be back in a little bit. Turn to Deuteronomy, Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 12. How in the world did this city 3,000 years ago, become the political and the religious center of worship. How did that happen? Well, behind the scenes, it's all God, as it always is in our life. Behind the scenes, God is orchestrating all this. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 12. Some instructions to the children of Israel about not being like their pagan nations that are around them. Now, we go to verse 4. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, like pagans, all the pagan altars, but you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. That's a key verse. You see, to that place you must go. So notice, God is choosing this city and what they're to do when they get there. Verse 6. There, bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and your special gifts, what you have vowed to give and your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. There, in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your families shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you today. You are not to do as we do here today, everyone as he sees fit. Since you have not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God has given you, but you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. There's promises again. How did they do it? God made sure they would do it. And he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. Then to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. Notice, look at that again. Then to the place... The Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. There you are to bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes, your special gifts, and all the choice possessions you have vowed to the Lord. And there rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters and your maidservants and manservants and the Levites from your towns who have no allotment or inheritance of their own. But be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings anywhere you please. Offer them only at the place the Lord will choose in one of your tribes and there observe everything I commanded you. So that's very clear. That's very specific. And God is simply saying that he was going to set apart a place for worship, a place where sacrifices and offerings would be brought. 
Initially, you know, this was the tabernacle that would move from place to place, eventually kind of stayed at Shiloh. But eventually, all of this would head over into Jerusalem. This would be the appointed place of worship. And as you know, the Jewish males three times a year would go to that city, and we know all that history. So today, the center of worship for us isn't really Jerusalem, even though it's the city of God. The center place of worship for you and I today is where? It's our heart. It's right here. It's inside because this is the temple of God today. But God chose that city to put his name there. Those of you that go to Israel with this, those of you gone to Israel with this, it doesn't make any sense. But when we take the bus and we, we take this curve and we drive in, and the very first time most of the people have never been to Israel, the first time they see the city, Everybody in the bus begins to weep. It makes no sense at all. It makes absolutely no common sense. But everybody begins to weep. And I don't know why that is. I've been there eight times. I still weep. Why? Because it's a city where God's name is there. It's his city. It's not the Jew city. It's not the Muslim city. It's not Calvary Chapel city. It's God's city. His name is there. And so it's a special place that doesn't make any sense, but it's spiritual. And that's exactly what happened. So Jerusalem would become the site, eventually, as you know, of the temple, the dwelling place of God. And this would be the place where God would rule over his people. Jerusalem, called the city of Zion, the holy city, the city of God, the city of the Lord. Now, it's interesting. I had forgotten this. I'm sure I knew it before, but I just totally forgot it. First Kings tells us that the Israelites were instructed to pray toward that city. Interesting. Now, let me read to you Psalm 99. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. Name for Jerusalem. He is exalted over the nations. Let me read to you Psalms 125. We're going to study that actually at the end. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. So the city of Jerusalem was important not only in the Old Testament, but just cause your mind to think a moment. What about the city of Jerusalem in importance in the New Testament? What happened in the city of Jerusalem that was important in the New Testament? Can you think of some things? Well, Zechariah, let me read it to you. Bring it back to your memory. Zechariah 9.9. And rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on the colt, a foal of a donkey. Now, those of you that went to see the film recently... The Lion of Judah, what did you see? In the Jerusalem, what happened? The king came riding into the city. That's exactly right. What city? His city. The city of Jerusalem. Now, not only that, but as we begin going early, you know it by heart, but it's good for you to see it. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. How important was this city initially in the new church It was huge. It was the place that God chose to start what you're a part of today. What are you a part of today? 
You're part of the New Testament church. We don't belong in the Old Testament. We're part of the New Covenant today. A church that isn't Protestant or Catholic or Jewish, a church that where the king is Jesus. In Acts 1.8, this is where the church was established. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, you're not ready to go. You've got to go to Jerusalem, and you have to wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit comes. But it wasn't only that the Holy Spirit came in Jerusalem, so that was the beginning of the church, but notice the promise. From there, the rest of the world would be evangelized. From that city. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, which is exactly what took place in the Bible. First in Jerusalem, why? Because it's the city of God. It was God's heart. It was in the city. And then Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, 3,000 years ago from tonight, God began to work the situations so that King David would be able to establish that city, Jerusalem. So let's head back to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 6. How is God going to do it when two of the tribes failed to take the city before? How in the world will it happen? Verse 6. Now the king and his men... Marched to Jerusalem, David, remember he's a great warrior, to attack the Jebusites who lived there. And the Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought David cannot get in here. So David's first move as a king was going to be to conquer Jebus, it was called Jebus, where the Jebusites were, eventually became known as Jerusalem. Now, these pagan Jebusites considered their city so invincible that they started to make fun of David. They saw this man, they said, you know what, David, I don't know how they did it, where they shouted down over the wall, we'll put the blind and the lame up here. They'll defeat you. So that was pretty much of a challenge. Now, why, why did they do this? On three sides of this city, it was very, very secure. And one side in the north is the only place that was little, really open. So they had rebuffed all the people before. So they just felt, this is huge. You're not going to get in. It's not going to happen. Let me read you this. How great is the Lord out of Psalm 48. How deserving of his praise in the city of our God, which sits on a holy mountain. It is high. And magnificent, the whole earth rejoices to see it. Mount Zion, the holy mountain, is the city of the great king. So there's a picture of the city of David in David's day. Let me give you a picture today of the whole thing. And you can't see all that, but the city of David's kind of off here to the left. And this is the city of Jerusalem today. Now remember the city of Jerusalem today is divided into four kind of quadrants. The Armenian, the Jewish, the Christian, and the Muslim quarter. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that even though you might try to do God's will, and in fact are doing God's will, that things may happen to make the going rough. It's a good idea to follow David's example. He sought God's advice all of the time, and 
More importantly, he followed God's advice. Even though David's life was temporarily hard, God gave him victory in the end. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will retell the story of David's conquest of the city of Jerusalem. You'll hear about Jerusalem's significance in world history and the future of this great city. You'll be told about God's rewarding David's obedience by giving him favor with the surrounding kings and how your obedience to God's instruction can give you favor with those around you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.